Rusty Quill presents. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wake of Corrosion, Season 2, Episode 9, Spiraling Star. This is Professor Ryan of Bunker A12. This is a public broadcast to any survivors out there. Before I begin, please be aware that I advise listener discretion going forward as some of the content of this broadcast can be unsettling or disturbing. Survivors, I come to you today with a steadier, calmer mind. Allow me to apologise for my mood in the previous broadcast. I've had time to think, to contemplate on the matter and most importantly come to my senses. From what I can tell and from the short conversations I've been able to have with Claire since there was some sort of problem with the equipment at Ralford Observatory. Whatever has happened out there, it seems to have affected the delicate instruments of the observatory, before many other things in the wider world. For example... Hold on. Apologies. We seem to be having an incoming transmission on the on the bunker channel, and it's not, it's not Claire's. Hello? Come in. This is Professor Ryan of Bunker A12. I know just who you are. No need to introduce yourself. Wonderful. What's your location? How were you able to get in touch with us? You are always so eager for information, Professor. But nobody responds. I wonder why that is. 
I'm here to change that. I'm here to share with you and the residents of A12 the reality of our world. I... I see. Well, you've caught us at the right time. I'm just starting a new broadcast and information you could have could prove vital. Oh, I'm sure. We've been listening. For a time. It seems as though you're aware of the changes in our world. Society as you know it no longer exists. You are confined to your bunker, and suffice to say you are alone in that element of your existence. No one responds, Professor. Nobody. And your bunker is succumbing to the changes that are everywhere now. The thick concrete of your walls and doors. The radiation shielding. The self-sufficient systems. They are all the final vestiges of this dying world the last remnant of order in our chaos. Allow me to relieve you of your burden, your lack of knowledge, your desperation. The world outside is no more dangerous than it ever was. No more threatening, no more hostile. Perceived danger, that's all it is. Here we live in what was once a school, a place for education so wrongfully applied a place where children had their creativity diminished and their minds warped under the guise of betterment for the future. We live here because it serves a purpose, not because of what it was, but what it can be. Our lives and teachings are holistic in all aspects of the word. We are united and driven, a true community. You need not cower. You need not hide away. You only need to accept the change. I have seen the world consume those who are unwilling to change. I have seen great creatures amass from shadows and snuff them out in an instant. Without pause. Without thought. I have seen buildings crumble. People scream and run. Seen them clutching onto the ashes of what once was and will be no more. I have seen them clinging to their devices, praying for them to save them, to heal them, to fix them. Oh, such gods they were. Such omnipotence they beheld, and our gaze so very transfixed upon those machines. But they were false. For it was human minds that built them, and human minds who worshipped them, and their bodies shall be left to rot whilst their false gods remained silent, uncaring faltering, waning, dead. And now, when we see the world, we see everything. We see more than everything, for the world has so much more to offer than what we perceive. We are combined. We are converged. There is a tangible other that welcomes us into its embrace. I... I don't understand. What are you trying to say? Of course you don't. Let me tell you a story, Professor. Listen closely. I lived my life like many of us did, under the control of others who expressed their power through lies and deception. We lived in false freedom, behind screens both metaphorically and literally. This I'm sure you know. And I'm sure in your naivety you even miss it, crave it perhaps. But one day, through chaos, 
a great and powerful thing found us in the midst of all this attempted order. An event that we thought would happen an age from now came to us in an instant and embraced us wholly. At this time, like many others I was battling through my life, fighting against the corruption that was once at the heart of it. At no fault of our own, we had become accustomed to life under judgment and surveillance. This is when a door opened to me. A physical door, or a doorway at least. The room around me began to age. Paint peeled, fabrics deteriorated, metal rusted and wood rotted. I saw the thin veneer of our lives. My life fall back and fade away. But still, I remained. And through this doorway that had blessed me, I heard whispers that I could not comprehend. In time, though, I would. At first I panicked. I was struck motionless by the thing, so overcome with fear and confusion. I could not fathom what was happening, and my feeble mind wouldn't allow me to see sense. But the whispers comforted me, allowed me to see... At that moment, I knew I must make the most important decision of my life. I stepped through the doorway. Oh, the darkness that greeted me on the other side of that rift. For a moment, I feared myself blind and could feel nothing but a violent gale whipping at my hair and howling in my ears. But again came the whisper. Again came the comfort. And through that preternatural calm my sight returned. With this came another shock. No longer was I standing in the mundane of my previous life. Instead, I found myself on a degrading patch of land that seemed to float on a sea of darkness. My eyes adjusted and I saw further still, and do you know what greeted me, Professor? Others. Other lost souls, just like me, all discovering themselves for the first time, all experiencing this revelation, together, as one, unified. I shall tell you no more of what I saw in that rift, for I believe that one day you shall experience it too. There is no other option. It was my salvation, and it shall be yours too. Survivor, I... we can help you, okay? Whatever has happened to you out there, we can help you. But I do believe what you saw, and... It could be hugely beneficial to our investigation. You said you were located in a school. Tell me where. It seems as though you have seen so much and may have more to tell than any of our other sources so far. <laughs> I am no survivor. I am Naya. I see a great cloud about you and your precious bunker, Professor. It corrupts you even now. I suppose it always has. You are conducting your investigation from behind a wall, hoping to see the beauty of the forest without stepping a foot in it. But let me tell you this, Ryan. Your precious brothers are gone, for they forsook the blessing when they tore it from their hands so callously. Claire denied its embrace with such disgust and fervor, determined to remain a lost soul, and you, you are not far behind. But there is hope, still. The rift in your bunker sings to me. Sings to us all here. To you also, though you don't listen. It sings the song of the other. The tireless one. 
the spiraling star. Go to it, hear its call. Let the rift grant you that preternatural calm. Let it wash over you. Let the sum of our weak lives be boiled away in the crucible of that sundered darkness. I... I'm... Uh, I'm sorry that I let that continue, survivors. Whoever this Naya is, it's, it's clear they've become deeply troubled by the events that have washed over this world and in the wake of whatever this is, this corrosion of society, of our lives, they think it's a blessing. It's something we should be grateful for. How wrong they are. If you're out there, friends, please avoid these people at all costs. They wish only to sow discourse and bring... bring more into their deeply disturbed and warped realities. For those of you seeking shelter... Whilst we may not always have room here at Bunker A12, I do not believe what Naya said. I believe that there are other sanctuaries out there. We only need to seek them out. And I advise you to do just that. I I should have known something like this would happen eventually. Claire tried to warn me of it when she was here, of the dangers inviting the interests of anyone who would listen. Neither do I believe what she has to say about the brothers or Claire. Or me, even. We are not lost. We are not gone. I'll find the brothers, and Claire will return. My friends, survivors, let us return to the evidence we do have, to the sanctity of our more reliable sources. Now, where were we? Ah, yes, Claire. I spoke to her briefly in between broadcasts, and we were able to deduce that the equipment must have been affected by whatever has happened out there. If we were to take what they suggested at face value, it would appear as though another galaxy was hurtling toward our own at an alarming speed. I almost laughed when she read out the numbers to me. In in fact, it went as far as to suggest, really, that the merging of our galaxy with another was imminent. That was just at the time that data was recorded. However, we have long known that such an event, were it even happen, would not be possible for at least six billion years. An age from now. Hold on. Naya, she she mentioned an event which should have happened an age from now. She said it came to us in an instant, but how how could she how could she know such things without the knowledge that we have here from Ralford that only I have? The readings, the readings, they've got to be false. Surely this can't be right. Survivors, I'm going to attempt to get back in touch with Claire. This is deeply unsettling. Do not fear, though. I shall share with you more of the brother's story whilst I attempt to get a hold of her. I'll keep you informed. I just need more time. I'm not sure how we made it out of there. And I'm even less sure about where we are now. Sitting in a freaking old-style concrete bus shelter, huddled with a little fire. I'm sure Elliot will write about this in that bloody journal of his. But I just need to talk this through. To process things. <laughs> huh. I suppose that's why he does it. To process things. <laughs> Alright, well, fuck it. Here it goes then. I think the last recording we made on this thing was when we were stuck in that generator room. And Jim, well, Jim, not fucking Jim at all, was there. It was a shadow, 
he, he was a shadow. But he was different than the others. It was like he could see us. Like he wanted to talk to us, but was trying to. But he just couldn't hear us no matter what we said. Some of what he was saying, though, it, it still looped. Like the other shadows. I, I don't know what to make of it. I think he wanted our help, but I just don't see how we could have done. I mean, really, there was nothing we could do for him, even if we weren't being hunted. This is all so beyond me. Beyond any of us. I just don't see how. It's okay. Oh, Jesus. No, it's not okay. It's seriously not okay. I feel like I'm trapped in a goddamn nightmare where the only consistent positive thing is Elliot. That's it. If it wasn't for him being by my side through all of this, I think I would have gone fully insane by now. I mean, listen to what I'm saying. The only living person we've met who wasn't secretly plotting to kill us, as far as I know, vanishes only to reappear as a shadow version of himself. Pair that. Pair that with... Pair that with the fact that I still haven't found my children. Not even just not found. I haven't got a clue where they are. And I'm not resigning myself to the fact that they could be shadows. I just won't believe it. I won't. Just like Elliot said, it's not going to help dwelling on it like this. All I can do, all I can do is just keep moving. Keep searching. Stopping is giving up. And I'll never give up. I need to talk about how we got out of there. When Elliot first called my attention to the vent in the generator room, I dared not even think what he was hinting at. Before all this, I would have thought he was just being a melodramatic. But I know now that that's not possible. I saw tendrils coming from the vent. Tendrils like the one that came from the ripped apart man infused with the wall in the tunnel. Like the ones that came from under my nails. They crept forward with such purpose. The ends curled up ever so slightly, like they were seeking something seeking us we didn't even have chance to put our gas masks back on before we were running out of that room somehow the spores hadn't gotten into the gen room but now they were all around us now we'd thrown ourselves straight into them I'd like to convince myself that they're harmless but I'm, I'm not that naive anymore I suppose it's just a matter of time until we see what they've done to us I can think of one thing they've already done the escape from the bunker whilst overall a success was a plague of horror. The walls looked more and more like that tunnel we passed through the closer we got to the end, and I'm completely convinced the way we followed to leave the bunker wasn't at all the same path we took when entering, and I don't know at all how that's possible. There's only a single path when you enter, just one, with L-shaped corridors and no doors for at least a few hundred metres. But they weren't the same. I'm sure of it. The whole time we were racing our way through those tunnels, stumbling through the darkness, the beast that haunted us didn't relent. In fact, I think it knew how close we were to escape and chose to abandon the subtlety of its approach. We could hear its focused, sharp breaths as they were echoed from behind us. The short, sharp exhalations that went in tandem with each of its pounding steps. I still don't know the true nature of the beast, never fully saw its form, and I don't think Elliot really did either. That was the worst part of that entire experience being chased by something you couldn't understand couldn't even picture if you can visualize something you can rationalize it you know I, I couldn't 
I still can't. I think that will stick with me for a while. Not knowing what it was chasing us. Not knowing if it's the same thing if we were to ever encounter it again. When we did finally make it to the door, it was closed and bolted. At least now we were on the right side of the door. And we managed to put some distance between us and the creature. I think the thing was quite large, certainly felt that way anyway. And that size difference between us gave Elliot and I a slight advantage when navigating the narrow walkways. After straining against the door and panicking at the possibility that it could be jammed, we finally heard the satisfying clunk as it broke free of whatever was keeping the mechanism running smoothly. And that's when we were nearly knocked off our feet in our desperate and rushed attempt to escape. Elliot and I were both positioned to bolt out of the door once the gap was wide enough for us to fit through. We didn't expect the thick heavy door to be forced open from the outside as a heavy wave of bodies spilled into the bunker entrance with the muffled limp thud of lifelessness. Within seconds we were knee deep in the stinking sorrow of desperate people whose lives had been snuffed out by whatever horror had befallen them. And they were all so close to safety. This door was the only thing stopping them. Immediately we reeled back from the horrifying sight and Elliot began to retch. After hearing a groaning call from the creature behind us, we were shocked back into reality of our own impending doom. Survival instincts took over and we clambered through the sea of bodies, our feet and hands searching for solid perches, only to be met with a sickening softness time after time. Every moment was gut-churning and I... God damn. I can't bear to think about this anymore. Those were people, damn it. Just like us what felt like minutes but in reality were mere moments we were finally on the other side of that now still tired of death there was no hope of us ever closing that door again so we ran we ran and we ran until every breath burned in our lungs and our legs felt like dead weights upon us it wasn't until we stopped and caught our breath that it dawned on us what had really happened in the short time that we'd been in bunker A7 how had that many people tried to flee there and attempted to get in how had that many people died on our doorstep when we could barely find a living soul beforehand? And why? Why the fuck is it snowing? Survivors, I am. Um, I can't get in touch with Claire and she's not responding to any of my calls. All the channels we agreed upon are silent. In my desperation, in my desperation, I tried hailing Naya on the frequency she used to contact us. Nothing either. I'm sorry, but I need more time to think about what we've learned here today. There's just so much to process, and if what is suggested is true, and I hope it's not, I'm sorry to say that there could be no way back. There could be nothing out there. But there could be everything out there. So many unknowns and variables, so many possibilities. God damn it. Was Naya right? Was she telling the truth all along? No, no, no. Surely the brothers, Claire, they can't be gone. They mustn't be. They mustn't be gone. There must be more. There is more. I'm going to play you one last entry for today, friends. It's a recording of the brothers. After that awful, awful experience upon leaving A7, and before we play it, in regards to the weather conditions Roman mentioned, 
As far as I'm aware, it hasn't snowed this year. Not anywhere near, at least. I, I don't know what relevance it might have on our knowledge, but at this point, well, I'm willing to take anything. I'll leave you with this one. You sure you want to do this? I don't know, Roman. What else can we really do at this point? I mean, do you? It's already on, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was best we just started now. I heard you recording earlier. Did you say about the... Bodies? I wasn't going to... Yeah, I suppose. I I meant the weather in the trees. I said it was snowing. It It still is. I didn't say anything else, though. I couldn't stop thinking about the door, to be honest. I suppose I should do the honours, then, for whoever finds this. Oh, God, I have to stop saying this like we're dead. Yeah, you really, really do. Well, whoever listens to this, then, whatever, something completely fucked up has happened. More so, in a sense, than that gruesome doorway. At least that's plausible. Whatever has happened out here, I can't... I can't justify. And I'm absolutely done with not being able to justify things. There's no leaves on the trees. Like, dead of winter style, no leaves. I was... I was getting there. It's not just that, though. It's freezing cold. Like, I seriously don't think we've got enough to last us through if this carries on. The really fucked up thing is, though, is that it was just coming to an end of summer when we went into A7 and we only spent a few days in there so it's like the start of September now perhaps and that's still summer by my count and it doesn't fucking snow in summer it's not this cold in summer the trees don't fucking alright alright chill stop telling me to chill Roman just stop it I can't chill there's no chilling is there how can you even How can you even goddamn suggest chilling? You can't even find your family and you want to chill out. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that the way it came out. Fuck. No. I didn't. I meant... I know what you meant. Just forget about it, alright? I'm not saying chill because I want to be calm. I'm saying chill because unless we keep our cool, we're not going to get through this. And it's tearing me apart. Believe me, I haven't slept properly in weeks, Elliot, because every second I spend away from them is a second longer that something awful could be happening to them. There isn't a moment that goes by whilst we're out here that I'm not thinking of them, hoping to catch a glimpse of them in the distance, together, safe and alive. So yeah, it's harrowing, but if I don't keep a level head... I'll never have a chance, and I'll end up like one of these other messed up people out here. And I can't do that. Not because I believe I'm better than that, but because so long as I know that they might be out there, I have to be here for them, whenever I find them. And I will, Elliot. I will find them. I miss them. I miss them too. I miss everyone. (sighs) We... We should find a house, Roman. I don't think this fire is going to help us as much as we might hope tonight. Agreed. Somewhere that hasn't deteriorated, maybe? Do you... Do you really think it's winter? You ever read about nuclear winter before? Oh. 
dust and ash blocking out most of the sun's rays, keeping us wonderfully fucking cold. Why, why now, though? Surely it would have been like this before. I don't know. I suppose it was only ever a theory, so perhaps there is some sort of delay that comes with it? Perhaps that's not even the case. Who knows? It would explain how all those people died. But it doesn't explain whatever chased us in the tunnels of A7, and all the other shit that has chased us all along the way. I don't want to think about it anymore. Well, before we go, let me answer your original question. No, I don't think it's actually winter. That makes the least amount of sense of anything we've seen. But if it is, well, we missed your birthday, so it looks like I don't have to get you anything this year. <laughs> Jesus, Rope. <laughs> I can never tell whether you're being serious or not. Come on, let's get moving. When we've settled and not freezing to death, we can decide whether we're going to actually head to this Ryan guy at A12, or whether he'll just be another crackpot. Elliot and Roman out, I suppose. I told you not to. There is something seriously wrong out there, survivors. We've not had any reports of what the brothers are currently experiencing reach us at A12. In fact, our engineers have yet to report any inclement weather whilst performing external maintenance. And we know almost for certain that we're not experiencing the aftermath of nuclear war as our external Geiger numbers are actually lower than standard background readings prior to this disaster. I'm curious and, well, I'll admit I'm afraid of what might happen to the brothers next, especially if they choose to head to A12 as well, because as we know, they're yet to make it here and if I'm in possession of these recordings, then I just hope they're headed elsewhere. There's been a lot said here today, and a lot that is deeply troubling and concerning. Once again, I implore you, if you're out there and wish to share any of your knowledge with us, then please get in touch any way that you can. For now, keep yourself safe, and of course, don't wander in the dark. survivors just one last message from me if you'd like to support us here at bunker a12 to help us keep sharing the stories of our shattered world with you then please consider joining our patreon at patreon.com forward slash wake of corrosion there are plenty of extra insights available there as well as letters to shadows a monthly series of additional stories from other survivors like yourselves. Any contributions will be hugely beneficial to help keep us from wandering in the dark. Before the credits, I'd like to give a shout out to our very generous Patreon subscribers at the A12 resident tier and above. Indike, Laurel, Nath, Paul, Trace, AJ Pumpkin, Austin Danger, and Twiglets. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening. For news and updates, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wake of Corrosion. Wake of Corrosion was written, directed, and produced by Sean Pellington, with voice acting from Kieran Walsh as Professor Ryan, Lee Pellington as Roman, Sean Pellington as Elliot, Lena Patu as Naya, Title and credits read by Adele Cliff. Our introduction theme, Shadowlands 5, Antichamber, and outro theme, Phantasm, were created by Kevin MacLeod 
sourced from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Both pieces have been reduced from their originals with fade-out, added voiceover, and radiostatic effects. Morse code SFX, courtesy of Stephen C. Phillips of morsecode.world. All other sound effects are self-recorded from soundsnap.com or zapsplat.com. For our full list of credits, please visit the website in our show notes. Thank you again for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.